0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com.
1: Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome to the next in the OTI season recap shows. Today we're going to be featuring the Seattle Seahawks. We're joined by Din O'Garman of NFL Female. We've had her on number of times in the past. And it's always good talking all things Seattle Seahawks brother. so that's just coming up in a short little moment. As always, to start the show, check out us on iTunes, if you are already doing that right now, maybe. Uh, give us a written or a comment, make sure you're subscribing, same with Stitcher. Check out the website, OvertimeIreland.com. Of course, the Twitter handle is at Overtime Ireland if you want to send anything our way. Suggestions for shows, guests, and all that there, good stuff, always Welcome. Our partners at Last Word on Sport, of course, and uh, their great website at lastwordonsport.com. Please do check it out. I mentioned they have different Twitter handles now as well for the different sports that they're covering. They have Last Word NFL and Last Word for college basketball and so on. So check out them as well. And, of course, their own Twitter handle at Last Word on Sport. It's going to be a nice and short and sweet show today. All things Seattle Seahawks covered, hopefully for your listening pleasure. Hopefully you're enjoying the series and the the recaps. We've been doing a lot of positive feedback so far. If your team hasn't been covered yet, don't be afraid to hit us up with a a tweet or an email and let us know uh, who you think we should get on to to cover your team because we're uh, open to all suggestions as we uh, proceed with this in the coming weeks. So, we're going to get straight into that interview now that I've done with Dino Garman about the Seahawks, and uh, I'll be back after with a, a little bit of a news roundup. Hi, this is former NFL, former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. So, it's uh, a delight now to have back on the podcast uh, a lady we've had on quite a number of times. We were on just prior to, I think it was just after the NFC Championship game when her team. Came back from behind to, to beat my Packers and it was a tough one to swallow. But uh, Dana, a big Seahawks fan. Dino garment from NFL Female. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be back on, Dana.
0: Thank you so much for having me back on, especially o- after that game. <laughs>
1: yeah, and obviously, uh, you know, there was, there's a, the talk of the kind of curse of the NFC Championship that went through. You know, the, the Dallas Cowboys seemed to get it off the Lions and the, pass it on to the Packers the and the Seahawks and in the Super Bowl as well. It was a, a crushing blow. But before we all, well, we all talk about the Super Bowl in a moment. But just before we get to the Super Bowl, just uh, out of 10, the season as a whole of been getting everyone to rate their team season. What would you give it? I'm sure it'll be pretty high compared to some of the scores we've had so far.
0: You know, I have to give this season a nine. You know, of course, a 10 would make it, you know, the Super Bowl win. But to be honest with you, when you look back over the Seahawks season and you look over, you know, kind of that, you know, beginning adversity they have and the insane amount of players they had on IR and to still come back and make it all the way, you know, to the Super Bowl, how can you complain? That's an amazing season. So definitely a nine.
1: Yeah, and you know, from even at the start of the season, they came a long way. I was at the the sea uh, the Seahawks game against the Chargers in Week Two, where they lost after beating the Packers in Week One in the season opener. And you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Then Percy Harvin, you know, was traded to the New York Giants, and everything that went on around that. The team really. Down the stretch in particular of the, the regular season really started, the defence came back and was absolutely ridiculous at times and wasn't giving up nearly any points in second halves of games and so on. So they really had a strong season and, as you say, one more play the other way and, uh, you know, it would have been a fantastic, fantastic year. The MVP, have so many players on that defence that it could be the MVP. Russell Wilson, you know, had some big, big games this season. Marshawn Lynch, I don't know if that offence works at all if you'd come out of it. Who would be the uh, MVP of the Seattle Seahawks for the, the 2014 season for you?
0: You know, it's really um, – it, this. you can't talk about this team without talking about the defense, obviously. I think the offense gets a little overshadowed, at, you know, at times. The way – Russell Wilson gets talked about a lot. Marshawn Lynch gets talked about a lot. But, you know, we have some great players that really stepped up on offense this year. You know, Luke Wilson, our tight end. Um, Cooper Helfett. There's, there's quite a few. But I will tell you that the defense is the heart of this team. And so when you look at the MVP – I think two names to me really stand out. Um, Cam Chancellor obviously had uh, was injured the beginning of the season and came back and just had a monster year. I think this was finally his year to show how that he has, is as important to this defense as Earl Thomas, as Richard Sherman. Um, you know, This was really kind of his year to shine. The other one, I don't think you can even argue the fact how important Bobby Wagner is our linebacker for this team. Bobby Wagner was out. For five or six games, and that is when they were struggling and struggling and having such a hard time. He is the play caller. He he calls um, every all the defensive on, on the field. He is kind of the leader of that team, and, and you wouldn't think that because we have so many leaders on defense. But Bobby Wagner, when he was gone, there was a marked – decrease in production and the minute he stepped back on that field it was back to the defense that we expect out of Seattle so it'd be a hard pick between those two but I if I had to pick between Chancellor or Bobby Wagner I would definitely I would have to go with Bobby Wagner.
1: Yeah, and when you said you had two names, I was just waiting to see who the second name was because I thought Cam Chancellor would be one, but the second mm-hmm. name, I was waiting to see if you were going to say Bobby Wagner, as you mentioned. When he came back in, kind of, was it the first six games he missed of the season? that He came back in then and they really, really started to shut down teams after that. You know, mm-hmm. I think, obviously, we all knew that he was a fantastic player, but I think this year was the year where you no, know, a lot of people, probably still people around the league that are just casual fans of the game might know too much about Bobby Wagner, but an mm. absolutely key piece of that defense and one that they, yes. they really can't afford to lose. You know, Richard Sherman gets all the talk. There's a lot of talk about Cam Chancellor since the big play in the Super Bowl last year at the start when he right. really knocked uh, Demarius Thomas's shoes off. But, <laughs> you know, Bobby Wagner this season has been absolutely phenomenal. I would have to say I would have given it to, to Wagner as well. So uh, we agree on that one there. It just was <laughs> it was interesting. I'm sure a lot of people listening might have been thinking of the second name might have been thinking, you know someone like uh, Richard Sherman, the bigger name of the two, but uh, Bobby Wagner definitely deserving of that. Yeah, moments of the season. Uh, I'm sure it's not going to be the end of the Super Bowl, but couple of couple of good moments in this year's you know season for the the Seattle Seahawks. I'm trying to go through them. I'm sure the comeback against the Packers is right up there, but that was more of a, a number of moments. Have you any other moment outside of that?
0: You know, it really. You know, it is true that that game. The, the Packers game really showed the strengths of both of those teams. And, and you know, I, I am a firm, firm believer in defense wins championships. <clears throat> and that's kind of, I think, what ended up happening in that game. Um, I will tell you, although, yes, there were a few definite key moments. And, of course, that that catch by curse. But but otherwise, <laughs> that wasn't the greatest offensive game from the Seahawks. That was, <laughs> that was all about the defense in that game. But I, I will tell you that there were a few moments back um, – you know, throughout the season when they were struggling, I I, I I look to our division games as always kind of a barometer of where we're at. And it's not because, um, you know, the NFC West is, is so much better than anyone else. It's just that those teams know each other so well. And so they play each other well. Um, the Rams game, yeah, you know, a- all of those, um, you know, when they played in St. Louis, obviously, you know, that was that was kind of a turning point. I, I won't say it was like a standout moment. They lost that game. But that team really gelled at that point. That was a huge turning point for this team. But I will tell you that pretty much my favorite God love him. My favorite moment of the season was Marshawn Lynch's long run against the Arizona Cardinals. And the reason is is because those are the moments that we absolutely love from Marshawn Lynch. He, he's great. He's fantastic at getting... He'll get, you know, four yards, 10 yards, 15 yards, and that's what we expect from him, and we love it when he goes five extra yards with 20 people on his back. You know, that's what we love about Marshawn Lynch. But those long runs that he can just peel off, and it's like he just is, you know, slalom skiing around players. I love those. Those just energize a team. Those just, you know, you know put everyone... On the same page and it just really builds a lot of excitement in the fan base
1: yeah and you mentioned there he's slaloming around people it's almost I know it's base mode but it's almost as if he gets injected with something before he goes in one of those runs <laughs> and turns into the hulk or something nobody can take him down that was a, a very big big play obviously in the season and uh you know you talked about the St. Louis Rams the first game they lost I think it was the, that was the game with the two big you know there was a fourth down fake punt by the the uh, yep. Rams now one and the that was one of the fake field or the fake uh, kind of Kick return, uh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, with Tavon Austin. Uh, that there, yep. uh, one of the most spectacular fi- kind of trick plays I've seen done. It yes. you know, fooled everyone. was, you know, that was an amazing moment that has been kind of forgotten about. But the the game I thought you were going to talk about was the St. Louis Rams game, the second game at home. I think they were, was six 0 maybe at the half to the Rams, and mm-hmm. I think it was two pick sixes. And that the defense had. So that was the first real breakout game this season for the defence and it was around that time as well that Wagner came back so I thought that was going to be one of them but I guess now we've talked about your favourite moment probably the worst moment of the season probably is going to come up in the next question the Super Bowl uh, obviously disappointing towards the end just a a Mm -hmm. moment of you know the the Seahawks went from thinking they were definitely going to win it to losing it and the opposite for the the Patriots and I knew kind of how the Seahawks had felt because in that NFC championship game it got to a stage after that last interception for the Packers that I thought you know the Packers were going to the Super Bowl so I can you know I I could take away how mm-hmm. you just felt probably empty inside after it but you know have you gotten over it?
0: You know I really have. I, I you know I they, like I've mentioned that it was like a it was like a gut punch seeing that happen, and it was it was just because it had been such a good game, and it had the, every both sides of the ball in the Super Bowl, you know, with Brady and his offense and the Seahawks defense, they were playing their chess matches perfectly. It looked fantastic. It looked like it was what we expected from the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl the year before, but we were getting it, and and it did look like the Seahawks were going to win, and then Brady was Brady, and it hurts me usually to give him any credit, but he did exactly what he needed to do to come back. Um, that last play, I, I will tell you that, you know, there was a lot of questioning about the play call. There's been a lot of questioning, you know, oh, Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, coordinator's most horrible person on the planet, blah, blah, blah. But really, when you look at that play, it had been run, I think, like 66 times during the season, and 65 out of 66 times it had ended up as a touchdown. So it's not like it was, an you know, a, a foreign call that was a terrible idea. Would we have preferred to see Marshawn Lynch carry that ball? Of course, but that's because he's our Marshawn Lynch, and we know what he can do, and yet that's not his best play. So logistically, if you look at it, it makes sense why they threw the ball, and I yeah. wish more people would would understand that. But let me tell you, it was a horrible moment. It was It was sad. My heart broke for the player, for Ricardo Lockett and for Russell Wilson because, you know, you knew they were going to hold the responsibility on their shoulders. But I tell you, I got over it pretty quickly. And the reason I got over it is is the fact that, 30 other teams in the NFL would kill to have their season come down to the last play of the Super Bowl. And really, how can you even, you know, say that that was, you know, a bad season or a worthless season? I actually got on Twitter. Someone sent me a message that said, you know, I would rather not go to the Super Bowl than lose it like that. And I thought, are you crazy? That is, if you're going to lose a Super Bowl, that's how you want to lose it. You don't want to lose it like Denver did last year. You want to play until the very last minute. And all it does to me is show the resiliency of this team and really how good they are.
1: Yeah, and uh, after this, I didn't watch it after the Super Bowl, but I went back and watched uh, America's game from two seasons ago when you did win the Super Bowl. And they started off that episode with the game in uh, Atlanta. They just got down, got the the touchdown, looked like he was going to win it, and they came back with just an amazing drive down the field with nearly no time left to get a field goal. And it showed the team in the locker room after that, and I would say there's a lot of similarities this time after, because... Next thing, Pete Carroll was in the dressing room. He saying next year, we're going to take this all the way to the Super Bowl. And they did. The next year, they won it against the Broncos. And then, yet again, they were back there this year. So, you know, he's doing so many good things. And the thing I have to give him a huge credit for after this game was he stepped up to the plate straight away after it. He was getting, you know, torrents of abuse from mm-hmm. media. He came out and he he owned it. He He tried to explain it and... You know, in the time after, maybe it's just time makes it more acceptable too, but you kind of you do realize, as you said there, why they done it. Marshawn Lynch, obviously, is a superb runner with the ball, but he had been in that position a few times this season and didn't get it over the line. And, uh, you know, being a Packers fan, I've seen a few times this year they were stopped down on the goal line, no more so than, yeah. than they were against you as well. So, you know, it wasn't a guaranteed thing, but, you know, they were trying to stop the clock and then they had the timeout in case, say, there was a sack or they ran it on the next play. So you can see the issues, but you have to give your, your coach, Pete Carroll, a huge amount of credit for coming out. Known in that,
0: Mm -hmm, absolutely, and you know he was not going to let the players take it. He wasn't going to let you know Bevel take it. I will tell you that the the Seahawks fans they're they're not huge supporters of Daryl Bevel. Not all of them. They they think that there was there's a few times when really Daryl Bevel kind of misses the mark in the way he calls plays. But if you look at, I, I think he gets you know unjustly you know crucified by fans because you know it's really easy to call you know blame the person who calls the plays but Pete Carroll really owned that I think that he was like you know what this is this is why we did it it made sense I'm sorry you don't agree with it but I'm taking responsibility for this because I'm the head coach and you have to love that there was no there was no blame game at all.
1: And uh, obviously since that defensive coordinator, you've mentioned there a few times the offensive coordinator, Darrell yeah. but Dan Quinn has uh, headed off to the Atlanta Falcons, their new head coach. Going to be a big uh, loss losing him, it'll remain to be seen how the Falcons will do taking him in. Do you think, obviously he's a, a very good defensive coordinator, but do you think it's as much down to the, the players as it is to the, the coach in this situation? Do you think the defence will be perfectly fine when he goes or do you think there is going to be you know, some adjustments to be made? Um, I think,
0: you know, here's the thing. When we, Gus Bradley was our defensive coordinator a few years back, and obviously he's now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And when they brought Dan Quinn back, in back in because he had been with the Seahawks left for college and came back the the talk was when they hired him that he wouldn't be around for long that he was such a good coach that he would probably get his opportunity to be a head coach fairly quickly um, after he had come back and so I think if the fans were smart enough to see that obviously the front office was smart enough to see that and so I really feel like they have been grooming our new defensive coordinator um, to to take over and do this. You know, I think that he was, you know, he was our our um, defensive back, our DB coach, and he's done a great job. This is Pete Carroll's defense. I mean, really, truly, the the coordinators are so so important and so fantastic. And I think Quinn is going to do a fantastic job with Atlanta because they need help in their defense, and I think that that's where he'll really excel. But I think that really this is kind of Pete Carroll's world, and so the people he brings in know his system and know how to implement it. The The one that, bothered me, that bothers me just quite a, a little bit more is actually the loss of Ken Norton Jr. He was a, an assistant coordinator who is now the defensive coordinator for the Raiders, and he really... He had a different rapport with the defensive players. He was kind of a father figure. He was he was very much kind of the you know the heart in the coaching staff for these defensive players. And so um, I think that that adjustment by might be just a little bit more. Um, but I'm thrilled for for Ken to get the the opportunity.
1: Obviously there you mentioned, I asked about the defense, will there be any kind of change, any drop off of that. There is a lot of contracts that are you know up in the air at the minute. Obviously Russell Wilson's is going to be, like it's not up in the air, he's going to sign a new contract. Marshawn Lynch is another one we we'll talk about in a minute. But just more on the subject of the defense, the change of the coordinator. A couple of guys there that are out of contract, and a lot of them that picked up injuries at the end of the season. How do you think that's going to affect them, the guys both that are out of contract and boys coming back off injuries?
0: You know, it's going to be interesting. I... The one I'm the only, there's only one I'm really worried about whether or not we keep or lose, um, it, and that's Brandon Meebane. Brandon Meebane has is is our big guy in the middle, and and he took over for Red Bryant when Red Bryant went to Jacksonville, and he's so important to this team like I can't even I can't even put into words he's not a player most people have heard about unless they know his belly roll dance you know sometimes (laughs) people know that but honestly he is so important to this team and he went on IR um this season they they keep talking about him like he's coming back but they are going to have to adjust that contract and that one makes me a little bit nervous on whether or not he'll come back the other one is Byron Maxwell Byron Maxwell is obviously the opposite end of Richard Sherman And he came in after Brandon um, Browner went um, was suspended, and then he went to the Patriots. And he he has played beautifully. He does a fantastic job over there. We call it the Seattle factor with some of my other podcasters because Seattle players who come up on free agency, especially on defense, have a tendency to be overpaid a little by other teams. So I think that I don't think that that Maxwell will come back. And I think that that's going to be really interesting, um, to see what Seattle does there, because I really think that he'll end up being overpaid by another team. I do want to say one thing about Russell Wilson's contract though, if you don't mind, there has been a lot of talk, um, Russell Wilson it was brought up by John Snyder our GM that they were thinking outside the box with Russell Wilson and I thought that was everyone thinks it's a very interesting statement and so there's been a lot of talk about whether or not Russell Wilson actually will get a new contract this year there has been a little bit of speculation that they may let him play out his contract next year with with the no we know Russell Wilson's not leaving Seattle they're going to pay him to keep him there I mean that's just going to happen but it might not be this year and what that does is it frees up a lot of room for Marshawn Lynch it actually frees up some room for maybe for Byron Maxwell if they can get him to not be overpaid by some (laughs) other team it leaves a lot of wiggle room and Russell Wilson has hinted that he is not leaving Seattle and so I don't know that that will happen I would be surprised if that happened but that really seems to be kind of the talk under the radar right now.
1: Yeah and there's obviously a word uh, going around that it could be kind of his agent as a, a baseball agent and he could be more of a kind of fully guaranteed contract so I suppose a way that they might be able to get around that is to say to Russell hey this year you're not going to get any extra money but next year and the rest of your contract will be fully guaranteed maybe that's exactly. it. but there's, there's a couple of ways. that's what they could have been talking about outside the box obviously they could give them some sort of a bonus payment this year that mightn't affect against the sure. cap so we'll, we'll see that you mentioned maxwell as well but you know, uh, you mentioned getting overpaid. Uh, it's both a case of getting overpaid and overplaying what his current contract was. Because you know he had a, a phenomenal step up since he came to the Seahawks. But you know, maybe just because you're a piece in that defense makes you better. Maybe the pieces around you make mm-hmm. you look better as well. So it's all that there. He came to seamlessly come in for for. Uh, browner when he went to the patriots so there's a lot of things like that maybe the next guy up does the same job the problem with having so many good pieces on defense or offense is keeping them all and keeping everyone happy and you have to keep taking people through the draft and the seahawks have been excellent through the draft in the last few years Mm -hmm. getting new players taking them through getting them on you know lower contracts the likes of russell wilson like when you have a quarterback who's making less than a million dollars a year and he's playing at that level you know you, you have a lot of freedom so you know in russell wilson's defense i would be saying hey guys I'm here playing I won you a Super Bowl in my my second year and I've got you to the Super Bowl in the last two years it's time to pay <laughs> me some money but you know maybe Russell seems to be a guy who thinks a little bit differently to maybe some other people in the league and maybe doesn't want to get the money but I always say the players should go get the money while they can but the other contract up in the air Marshawn Lynch obviously there's talk of his uh, chronic back issues at the moment things like that maybe it's just to try and squeeze a little bit more out of, out of the Seahawks there was word come out uh, during the weekend, that new contract had been, you know, agreed would be signed in the coming days. Then that was all, you know, denied, and there seems to be, you know, a status quo at the minute where he's just sitting there. I do think Lynch will be back, but uh, what do you think happens with Marshawn in the, the next uh, season?
0: I do think he'll be back, too. It seems to me, from what I can, from what everything that I've read, and I've, you mentioned the report um, from Jason LaCantafora. He he kind of came out and said there was a done deal, and the, and then they. You know Lynch's agent said no, it wasn't deal yet, but it, it does seem to be very close. And I think that Marshawn Lynch will come back, and I think that it'll be probably a two year contract. Um, if he doesn't, though, if for some reason, would it really surprise anyone? He's <laughs> Marshawn yeah. Lynch. He 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 marches to the beat of his own yeah. drum, and and we love him for that. He's absolutely we we get it, but. The way he plays is very hard on a body, and, and it, obviously, and he's had back issues in the last couple of years. It's always toward the end of the season that they really kind of start to build up on him. So I can understand why he doesn't want to be you know, permanently disabled or anything. At the same time, he is a fierce competitor, and I think that he would really miss um, not playing Plus, you have to look at the opportunity he has in front of him. He has the opportunity in front of him to not only have gone to two Super Bowls in a row, possibly a third as the Seahawks are odds on favor right now to go back to the Super Bowl next year, and and to keep this team that is so, you know, united together for one more year. I I can see him doing that. I, I expect Marshawn Lynch to be back with the Seahawks for at least one more if not two more years
1: yeah i think the other thing you might be trying to do is uh be able to skip training camp some way i'm sure the team will force into- him. <laughs> but uh <laughs> you mentioned the the chronic back issues and all but uh before i get onto the comparison i was going to make is uh you know that last play in the super bowl do you think that affected him do you think it annoyed him maybe more there hasn't been a lot made of that i've heard some people take it up on social media do you think that uh, affected him
0: uh, you know, I really don't. He, he Someone asked him, I think it was um, Steve White from NFL Network, and he, he asked him, or, or someone did, maybe it was Jim Trotter, I can't remember, I apologize to whoever it is that asked him this, but um, asked him, you know, what do you think of that plane? He's like, um, no, because it's a team sport. Yeah. And I think that he really does get that. You know, for as much as the media likes to kind of focus in on Marshawn and his antics and the way he acts and the way he dresses and the weird things he does stuff, his teammates adore him and he loves his teammates and they play together as a unit. That is that has, you know, been really the mantra of this entire last season. They turned the L O B and from the Legion of Boom is to into Love Your Brothers and that's what they just kept calling it as saying. And so I really think that this team gets that and they play as a unit.
1: Obviously you mentioned to it, but you know, the weighing up the possibility, you know, permanent damage to him obviously mm. seems to be quite a, a significant injury, and it is. You know, it's not all made up. He's playing running back in the yeah. National Football League for so long, you're going to get pretty beat up. Usually, this is around the time where you know players really start to decline in that. But you're looking at players like Wes Welker, you know, who have been playing with you know getting multiple concussions and so on. If Wes, looks like he's going to come back to the league this year again. I think it's time to step away. But Marshawn Lynch could be in a similar boat where you no, know, just uh, another year or two taking these big hits and. You know, when you get to the age of fifty, or maybe not walking as crisply, right. you know you're going to have difficulty already because you played in the National Football League. But long term down the line, maybe that's something you've to start to look at.
0: Yeah, I think that you have to, and I think that the league is really kind of looking at that a little bit more, whether we want to give Roger Goodell credit for anything or not, because a lot (laughs) of people don't, but I will tell you that I think that that is something that players themselves are a lot more, you know, focused on. Plus, you know, especially players that have a true vision of what they want to do after the game. I think players, when they don't have a clear vision of what they want to do post-football, that maybe they stay in the league a little longer than they should. Wes Welker, to me, seems to be kind of a good example of that. I, I, I agree with you. He should not be on a field next year. But, um, you know, Marshall Lynch has a very clear vision of what his life is after football. And so that could, you know, facilitate an an early, you know, um, exit from football but I just don't think it's this year I think he realizes that he kind of has lightning in a bottle with this team and and he wants to be a part of that but he's not going to be one of those players that's going to play long term I think that if we're lucky we'll get it two more years out of Marshawn Lynch in this league
1: yeah I'd be shocked if he retires this year and I think we'll definitely get the next season out of him and you know maybe he's starting to look ahead I don't know if it bothers him too much individual accolades but you know there has been some whispers of maybe another big uh, playoff run you know what he does in the playoffs is superb and you no know, talk mm-hmm. of possibly getting to Canton one day into the Hall of Fame so Maybe that's a little bit uh, ahead of himself, but uh, I think there is that slight possibility. The team I mentioned have been fantastic and really in the draft and getting their free agents re-signed. We've seen it last year with Michael Bennett and things like that. You no know, players, they let them test the test the market, see how it is, try and match the deal and that. But the, the real key of this team has been through the draft where they've got people like Richard Sherman, and such late rounds, Russell Wilson, third rounder. What do you think the key areas are you know the defense there 's a few pieces you mentioned there could be leaving and offense i think there 's definitely areas to improve in it but uh, where where do you think the key needs are in this team
0: well i 'm going to be really honest with you i I kind of stopped focusing on the draft a couple of years ago because I always just trusted what did. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I didn't have to sit there. You know, so many teams are in the position where they have to have that superstar. Yeah. They have to go get someone, you know, that is going to change their whole team. The Seahawks are not in that position and, you know, and luckily for fans in the team, they're not in that position, but they do definitely have need to build some depth back up in the, in the two thousand. You know, 13 season. They, you know, then when they won the Super Bowl, the depth was amazing on that team, and we lost some of that depth la- depth last year, especially to injury, and then um, of course the free agency um, when we lost a few of our players. And I think that they need to rebuild that. They need to kind of get that depth back. Everyone talks about this huge need for wide receiver. We need a superstar wide receiver. I, I just don't feel that way. And people who really follow the team. I know that they want a playmaker, but at the same time, that is not how this team is built. This This is not someone, when they talk about Larry Fitzgerald maybe coming to Seattle, I laughed because they're not going to pay a wide receiver. They're not going to go get a superstar wide receiver and pay him that kind of money when you have this type of offense. This offense is based around the run, and then you need to be able to have consistent wide receivers. That with that being said I don't think that they're going to ignore it I think I think they'd like to give Russell Wilson a few more toys to play with to be quite honest with you and whether that be in the tight ends or whether that be in wide receivers that sort of thing but I really don't think that wide receiver is going to be a focus Um, they're not going to move up to go get one of those big wide receivers in the draft I think they're going to focus a little bit more maybe on a defensive tackle um, maybe um, on the tight end position I think that that Zach Miller, the tight end for the Seahawks, you know, he was hurt in this year. He was hurt last year. He's a fantastic, you know, he's a good, solid player. He's a great blocker, Um, but I don't think that um, he'll be Back, it, it, Pete mentioned that he he was going to be ready for camp, but I would be surprised if Zach Miller actually was back on this team. So I think that they'll probably look at the tight ends, although they're real happy with the couple they have. I Think that they'll have they'll focus on the defensive tackle just a little bit with Kevin Williams. You know we have him, but he's an older player. Obviously, they're gonna have to start grooming whoever is going to replace him if he comes back, which I think he probably will. But cornerback is something that people are talking about and when you when you think about the Seattle Seahawks the last thing you think about is a cornerback need you know they they don't really um, they have Richard Sherman <laughs> so you don't think of a cornerback but with Maxwell probably leaving and the horrific injuries to Jeremy Lane that happened during um, the Super Bowl and I I say horrific I don't know how many people actually know how injured that kid is he is it's bad but he probably won't be back for the beginning of the season. They need some depth there. They they need some help there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, went after that too. And then there is the little inkling of running back. I've heard a lot of people talking about how the Seahawks might go after another running back, especially if Marshawn Lynch doesn't come back. Obviously, we need um a little more depth there. We do still have Robert Turbin and Christian Michael okay. on the team, but they know that if Marshall Lynch does come back, he's not you know, here for long, and so they're going to be kind of looking for that next special running back.
1: Yeah, so there's a, a couple of areas. Most of the pieces that you're looking for are pieces to add for depth in case there's injuries yes. and so on and so <laughs> forth, but you know, you, you always have to have those guys to make up the roster, and you need to have guys coming through because you know, people start to outplay contracts, as we've mentioned already, and you'll have to start you know, taking the guys up into, into the next uh, starting roster. So you mentioned as well that the wide receivers, and that I think they might go for a wide receiver later in the, in the draft. There's a lot of kind of speedy receivers in this, and you can always find some, you know, gems later in the draft. But guys like Doug Baldwin and Keirce, I think they're, they're underrated as wide receivers. And you mentioned Wilson as well. I've been very impressed with him, particularly his speed for a yes. tight end. But, you know, I, I have a feeling that this here Seattle, uh, although they're, it's not a passing offense, you have the like of Baldwin and Carson. You know, say two or three years ago, there wasn't all this talk about Cobb and Nelson as two brilliant wide receivers in Green Bay. And, you know, they developed into very, very good wide receivers. And, you know, some of these guys, you don't, you don't become a superstar overnight. You do need time to develop. They're not all going to be like Odell Beckham Jr., who just sets the stage of light straight away. So we I think you, you, de- you definitely have, uh, you know, talent there, but it's just, the, it's going to go through Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson again. But really, uh, outside of that, there, I think we've wrapped up everything on, on the season. And just before we finish up, Give you a chance to plug your Twitter and, of course, uh, plug uh, NFL Female and all the good work you used to do over there.
0: Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm the official fan reporter for the Seattle Seahawks for NFLfemale.com, which is a fantastic website. I really encourage everyone to go check it out. Um, I also host their weekly podcast, although we're on a little bit of a hiatus right now um, as the season had wrapped up. But that's every Wednesday night. We talk about all 32 teams. We are going to be having um, a special combine-slash-free agency show, and that's going to be March 4th. We're going to kind of put those together and kind of feel out where the team's uh, you know, might lead toward in the draft and in free agency. Um, and then, of course, you can always find me on Twitter. It's at Dana O'Gene. It's D A Y N A O G, And please feel free, to come chat with me about football. I love it.
1: So it's uh, it's always great to have you on talking about the you know, the Seahawks to learn more about the team each time you're on. So a lot of fun going through it. Hopefully all the Seahawks fans that listened uh, enjoyed it. I'm sure some of the Patriots fans and my brother included will uh, enjoy talking <laughs> here in the Super Bowl recap but I'd that there, there, uh, everything uh, is really covered there for the Seahawks and I'm sure they'll be a force to be reckoned with next season again so thanks as always Dana for coming on to talk to us
0: thank you so much for having me it's always so fun hi I'm Delaney Walker tight end for the Tennessee Titans and you listen to Overtime Ireland
1: as always, thanks to Dana for coming on the show. Be sure and give her a follow on Twitter. As she mentioned there, it's at Dana O'Gorman. And of course, the great crew over there at NFL Female. And their Twitter handle is simply at NFL Female. A couple of bits and pieces of news coming in this week. And uh, first up, Josh McCowan has agreed to a three-year deal with the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, obviously... Took Johnny Manziel early in the draft last year. They had Hoyer, who is a free agent now. He's not coming back on the team, but they have taken Josh McCowan in. He was with Tampa Bay last year. Two years ago, he had a big season with the Chicago Bears when Jay Cutler was out injured. Obviously, things going well for the Bears at that stage, and Mark Tressman had just come in. All looked very rosy, and... Uh, McCowan then uh, had a deal last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was cut just uh, a couple of weeks ago, so it's a three-year deal worth roughly fi- 15 million, so you know, it's nothing to be sneezed at, but if you look at most quarterbacks are making that in a year, but the Cleveland Browns need a player, probably a stopgap, and uh, although I am not a huge Josh McCowan fan, definitely, you know, a deal probably for him that is uh, a positive one We. Heard last week he was up in Buffalo and there was a lot of talking. His agent was in with a, a deal in place, kind of with Buffalo. Anyone that wants basically the way the agent was talking, is anyone wants to make a move, better do it now before we sign this deal. So it was a good marketing strategy by his agent and got him a, a little bit bigger of a contract uh, with the Cleveland Browns. So you know Johnny Manziel in rehab at the minute, obviously couldn't go into the, the season with that situation at quarterback. So Josh McCowan uh, starting for the Cleveland Browns, you know. I think he's in the same level as uh, Brian Hoyer. I wouldn't put him too high ahead of it, so I don't know if it's quite that much of an upgrade. But Brian Hoyer probably might have been looking for a little bit more salary with his uh, time and his stay in in Cleveland over the last few years. One that came as a bit of a shock to me, but listening to many uh, Arizona Cardinal fans, and that didn't come as a big shock, was that they released Darnell Dockett, one of the veterans on the team, has been with the team for. 11 seasons so game came as a bit of a surprise for me uh, you know a lot of talk had been made about larry fitzgerald would he restructure and so on but it looks like darnell dockett didn't want to restructure and that seems to be the main uh, reason for it the team have kind of come out and said that they talked with the representatives they wanted him back on the team and usually when they're saying that it's that they didn't want to take a pay cut and you know obviously the team didn't think he was uh, worth it at the value he tore his acl in august and uh, missed the entire of last season so he's uh, they freed up 6.8 million in salary cap which is uh, you know a very a large amount when you consider for one season so gives them room to maneuver now in the uh, in the off season and in free agency Darnell Dockett a three-time pro bowler and definitely a player that I think some team will uh, take another chance on uh, had a great time with with the Cardinals over his 11 seasons there Adrian Peterson could be on his way back to active play in the NFL after his suspension was overturned but you know now it has to be wait and see what Roger Goodell makes of it and I think he, he will be playing next season. I think that's just been thought for the last couple of months that Adrian Peterson would be back in 2015 to play. Whether it's with the Minnesota Vikings, which I still doubt. Peterson uh, talked about it in the last few days. Doesn't seem all that happy with how the Vikings handled it. Feels he was kind of pushed out and they didn't really stand up for him. Although you know the Vikings kind of had their hands tied in, in the situation with you know sponsors and, and so on at the time. I still think he's going to look to get a move out. And you know I've always said sort I of thought he would end up with the Dallas Cowboys. There's a couple other interesting landing spots. Obviously, if Marshawn Lynch didn't uh, stay with the Seattle Seahawks, we talked a lot about it there with Dana. But if uh, he didn't stay with the Seahawks, possibly, you know, that could be a move that way. But uh, a team as well that I have heard mentioned, and I think it would make a significant upgrade for the team, would be the Indianapolis Colts. So there's a couple of interesting landing spots for Adrian Peterson. Obviously, a couple of teams needing running backs. And there is running back depth in this free agent market as well as this draft class. So you know I'm looking forward to seeing where he ends up and uh, see what happens from all of that. Last piece of news now before we wrap things up, Reggie Wayne has had a tricep surgery and he's a player that I've said since last season when they were in the playoffs that I thought that, you know, it, his time in the league was up. I thought he was going to retire. The Colts kept him last season. I thought that give him an opportunity to finish his career as a Colt and, uh, you know he's been a tremendous player in his time in the league. But in the last few years, it has really tailed off. He, he proved to be a good mentor for the likes of T.Y. Hilton and that when they came into the league the last few years. But you know outside of that mentor role, he, his production on the field, particularly this season when he came back from the injury he suffered at the end of last season, has not been all that high. So it's uh, it's been a great career for Reggie Wayne. He's muting his NFL future. Reports have stated, but uh, I would expect him to to hang up his cleats and. Uh, you know, sometimes players do hang on for a couple of years too long i think this year might have been one year too long but he didn't want to go out on that injury i think probably if he hadn't got injured the season before he might have, he might have retired then but he didn't want to retire on that note so he's he's come back he's he's got another year under his belt and i think um, we'll see reggie Wayne hang up his uh, cleats after a, fa- a fabulous career in the nfl but actually that we'll see a lot of people being cut in the next few weeks to make some salary cap room ahead of free agency which starts now in uh, just over two weeks so you know there'll be a lot, a lot of moves going around. People will overspend on a lot of contracts. Some guys will get cut that probably will be uh, on a on a roster come September that will prove very, very good value for the team picking them up because usually when these guys get cut close to free agency or shortly after, the the market mightn't be just there for them. So we'll see what happens with all these guys coming up. on uh, NFL. dot com they have a good free agency tracker that helps keep up to date with all that stuff. So until I'm back with the next show, the next show is going to be all about the Dallas Cowboys. So. Looking forward to bringing you that. It's uh, with Lauren from the UK Cowboys fans and their their great Twitter group and their great group you know, supporting the Cowboys in the UK. So until that show later, or earlier in next week, sorry rather, because this is coming out Saturday late in this week, I'm getting ready to head into work now. So until then, hopefully you all have a good weekend. Hopefully you have a good week. And when I'm back next, hopefully I'll be back for another show. And until then, have a good one.